You are listening to the Vine Church Sermon Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more information about the Vine Church, please visit our website at www.thevinemadison.org. Well, if you have a Bible tonight, please open it up to Matthew chapter 1 with me. If not, it will be on the screen. I'm going to read from verse 20, and we're going to be focusing on verse 23 tonight. But as he, and this is Joseph, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We live in a world of increased isolation, or so it seems. I was reading a study this week online about people's report of experiencing loneliness. And, and the report found that 58% of people in the United States reported feeling lonely. Loneliness, it's a, it's a real problem in our world today. Feelings of alienation, feelings of isolation. But loneliness can be exacerbated. It can feel much more intense when you're in the midst of a crisis. If you are alone in the midst of a crisis, those feelings can overwhelm you. How much worse is loneliness? How much worse is a crisis when you're alone. There's a reason why the military emphasizes over and over again, um, it's like the, the, the common, it's not really common, it's the catchphrase from the first Top Gun movie, never leave your wingman, right? Never leave your wingman. We just watched an amazing uh, World War I movie called 1917, and this, these two young men are entrusted with this Basically, a mission that's doomed to fail. If you haven't seen the movie, I'd highly recommend it. It's amazingly well done. Um, but there's a reason why they send them out not alone. They send them together, right? Like isolation can kill. Togetherness in crisis, like a war, that can save your life. You think about the animal kingdom, like when a, a lion is trying to to attack a herd of gazelle, what's his goal? His goal is to catch one of them off by themselves, separated from the whole, separated from the herd. But if you're in the herd, if you're in the group, those gazelle that are being attacked, they, they feel more safe. They feel more protected. There's a reason why prisoners in solitary confinement sometimes literally go insane. Like prison is already a crisis. 
But if you're alone in the crisis, you can lose your mind, right? Like God created us for the presence of others. And more importantly, when in crisis for those who are in Christ, for those who have repented of their sin and turned toward Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, you can know that you have the presence of God with you. The point tonight is this. When in crisis, it feels so much better knowing that someone equipped to handle the crisis is with us. It's one of the main themes of Christmas, like we read in our scripture tonight. It's one of the main themes of the Bible. In the midst of a crisis, knowing God is with you can make all the difference, can be the essence of your empowerment, right? The one who's equipped to handle the crisis is not far from you, he's with you. So we all face crises in our lives at one time or another. It's just a matter of time. And God knows this. But more importantly, he wants us to know, God wants us to know that he is with us in the crisis. He doesn't always make the crisis go away immediately. But he wants us to know that he is with us. Christmas shows us this. Christmas promises this. The Bible shows us this. So real quick tonight, this is going to be a short sermon, but I'm going to just trace this theme through a couple key characters in the Old Testament and then show it in the New Testament. It's at the heart of the Bible, God with us. This is the real power and fuel of the Christian life And it's found in the Christmas promise of Emmanuel, God with us. We see it over and over again in the scriptures. Let me give you the first biblical example. Moses. All right? Moses. Some of you might not be super familiar with your Bible. It's all all good. We're so glad you're here. Anybody? So glad you're here. The story of Moses is basically this. God's people, Israel, are enslaved by Pharaoh, a wicked king of Egypt. And God wants his people to make his glory known throughout the whole world. But that's hard for them to do when they're enslaved in Egypt, right? And God comes to this guy named Moses. He shows up to him in a miraculous way. And here's my paraphrase of what he says to him, okay? He says to him, basically, Moses, I want you to go to the most powerful man in the world. A man who they worship as God. A man who could have you executed with just the snap of his fingers. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell him to let my people go. Let the Israelites go. Now, this will completely crush their economic system because their nation is built on the back of slave labor of, of my people, of the Israelites. So Pharaoh's got a lot of skin in the game, but I still want you to go and command him to let my people go, okay? And Moses is like, nope, not okay. Got three main objections. Number one, that sounds horrible. Number two, I can't talk, I stutter. And number three, who am I? I'm a nobody. Why should I do this? 
And, and look at God's response to Moses. This is Exodus chapter 3. I think you'll have it on the screen here. He says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh and you, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you. He didn't say it was going to be easy. We know it wasn't easy. It took a long time, right? But I will be with you, he says, and this will be a sign for you that I have sent you, that when you have brought this people out of Egypt, saying it's going to happen, you shall serve God on this mountain. So first thing out of God's mouth to counter Moses' objections, like it could have been anything. Right? He could have said, with our kind of American mindset, you know, Moses, you can do it, buddy. You've got what it takes. Don't let your limitations slow you down. Shoot for the stars. Be the man. Show your true potential. What about the power of the human spirit, Moses? That's not what he says, right? The main thing that he leads with is, I will be with you. Keep moving. Storyline of the Old Testament. Well, God's, God's message here, it comes to pass. God's people are miraculously saved from the hand of Pharaoh, and they're brought out of Egypt, and they're given the land that God has promised. And they're living in God's place with God's presence, and they are his people. They have their own nation. Problem, God's people, you would think, as a result of all of this, would have just been amazingly thankful and believing in faith every step of the way that God is God and we're going to listen to him with ears to hear and do what he says, they do the exact opposite. They do the exact opposite over and over again. They just turn their back on God and and shut down their ears and worship idols and do horrible things. They spit in God's face over and over again. So God uses a wicked people that don't know him, but he sovereignly uses them to judge his own people. This people is called the Midianites at this time in history. And he sends these wicked people to punish his own wicked people. So God uses the Midianites for seven years to just be a thorn in the side of God's people. And they're suffering and they cry out to God for deliverance. So he sends, an, God sends an angel to this guy named Gideon, okay? This is in the book of Judges, many, many years after Moses. And the first, first thing out of the angel's mouth when he shows up and talks to Gideon is this. Hey, Gideon, God is with you. Well, Gideon says, if, if God's with me, why is all this horrible stuff happening? Why are the Midianites allowed to just be a complete thorn in our side? They're oppressing us brutally. And the angel said to him, paraphrase, guess what? You are the guy who God is going to use to save his people from Midian. And Gideon is shocked. And again, paraphrase in contemporary terms, he basically says, I'm a nobody. Just like Moses said, I'm a nobody. The people that I associate with and my immediate family, we're all nobodies. And I'm the lowest on the totem pole of all of them. There's nothing prestigious about me. And guess what God's response is? Judges chapter 6. 
And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you. And you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Now we could go on and on with this theme through the Old Testament. We don't have time for that tonight. And I want us to jump quickly to the New Testament. And Matthew begins and ends his, his account of the life of Jesus with this. We already read it tonight. The angel comes to Joseph and says, guess what? You're going to name this child that you've adopted. And you're going to name him Emmanuel because that means God with us. It's no longer just a spiritual presence. Now it's a spiritual presence and a physical presence in this baby born to you, Joseph. And you will give him a name and the name will be God with us. And so Matthew writes the whole account of Jesus' life as he remembered it. Everything he said and did in his sacrificial death for sinners like all of us in his glorious resurrection from the dead. And he gets to his account, 28 chapters of the book of Matthew, gets to the end of his account, and Jesus is about to ascend to heaven and leave the earth physically for a while, and he gathers his 12 disciples to him, and he gives them one last very important message, a a charge, like a final instructions before he leaves. And here's what he said, Matthew 28 verses 18, 19, and 20. Jesus said, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's quite a task, right? All nations, all that I've commanded. We live in a big world. What if they don't want to go? What if they reject us? What if they deem our message intolerant, not politically correct? What if we're outcasts and marginalized? What if they want to kill us? And and Jesus, you're leaving now? That sounds like a crisis, right? That sounds like a crisis. And you guys know what he's going to say. Last half of verse 20. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. With you always. So to those who have a weak tongue and trembling knees like Moses, to those who are young leaders and not sure if they can measure up to the huge task before them, to those who feel like a nobody wondering if God will ever use you to accomplish great things, to those who look at the mission that God has given us as a church, his people, to make disciples of all nations. And we think of places like Morocco and and, and Ecuador and Madison, Wisconsin. Like how in the world is that going to happen? That's impossible. That's right, it is impossible. Like Moses leading God's people out of Egypt was impossible. Gideon, that was a complete nobody who God used to rescue a whole nation with a tiny, teeny, tiny army, that was impossible. For those who are in Christ, they'll hear this. 
For those who have repented of their sin and turned toward Jesus in trusting and treasuring faith. If you're a Christian tonight, the promise is God is with you. Jesus, by his spirit, is with you and he is for you, not against you. And the message of Christmas is like this huge billboard that declares to all of creation, God is with us. So, so be encouraged this Christmas. Some of you are enduring a crisis this Christmas, just like Moses did, just like Gideon did, just like those disciples did, just like Joseph did. God wants you to know that he is with you in the midst of it. What Christmas is all about, God has come in the flesh, born to die, die for the sins of men and women to bear the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin in our place. And because that happened and because Jesus was resurrected from the dead, you can know that you're not alone. You might feel alone, but we don't define our reality based on our feelings. We define our reality on, based on what God has said. And he said that he is with you. He's with you. You're not in isolation. Let that be the main theme that you walk out of here. Let the saints that have gone before us as a cloud of witnesses cheering us on remind you that God, God was with them. He's with us. He's come in the flesh. He's coming again. Let that be the main theme that you walk out of here tonight with. God is with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for coming to us in the flesh. Lord, we thank you so much for how you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for coming condescending to us, coming down to our level, speaking words of life. Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear and that we would define our reality by your words and not by our feelings, Lord. We thank you for the fact of the, the history of Christianity that shows us that you are with us and that you will fulfill your promises. And we pray this in Jesus' name.